the, the scripture. Uh, he read out of Luke 12. We're in Luke 17, verse 12 through 19. So I appreciate him reading for me this morning. We are in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, 17, verse 12 through 19. And this comes from thought as we are, but this year we are trying to exhort, encourage one another. We're trying to be encouraging one another, exhort, encourage one another to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. We definitely want to make sure we are always encouraging, not in negative conversations, not in negative situations. And we also want to, we want to encourage our children. We want to be sure to encourage our children to, to learn from what the text has to say. Now it says this morning, it says, uh, uh, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, and he passed through, uh, passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So then when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, uh, when he saw uh, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he said he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten commands? But where are the nine? Where, uh, were there not uh, any found who returned to give glory to God <coughs> except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole." Now, uh, what I want you to focus on, what we'll focus on for this morning, is what Jesus says there, but where are the other nine? But where are the other nine? This word is a word that, that, that we should be very familiar with. Sometimes it's uh, what's called entitlement. And entitlement is when uh, whatever you get, you think it's owed to you. You think it, 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 it's supposed to come to you. It's supposed to be that way. Therefore, Sometimes when we have a sense of title, we tend to have less uh, less appreciation for whatever it is that has been given to us, whatever that gift is. And a sense of entitlement, as somebody once said, uh, instead of communicating I love you and let me make life easy for you, I decided that my message needs to be something more along the lines of I love you, believe in you, and I know what you're capable of, so I'm going to make you work. It's something that we need to teach the children and we used to see. See, the thing is, no, yesteryear wasn't always that great. And, and this is in the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel of Luke was written by the only Gentile writer. Uh, and he was a physician, Colossians 4.14 tells us that. And in his account, he was writing to give them a, 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 a scientific, a very orderly account of the life of Jesus. And as we're talking about, but where are the nine? See, the thing that kept the nine from coming back was this deep sense of entitlement. And, and, and if you look at our generation, that the generations have come down from the baby boomers and on down through. And in this congregation, we, we have quite a few of those generations and are lucky, to, blessed rather, to have uh, one from uh, a far-reaching generation of Brother Broomfield. And, and the thing is, as time went on, see, it was a time where children had no, they had no part, they had no uh, uh, choice but to work. They had to be out of the field. They had to pick cotton. They had to pick. They had to pick uh, tobacco. They had to pick all kinds of things. They were constantly cleaning because they had very little. And what little they had, they had to take care of. So they learned appreciation through what they had and how hard they had to work for. And, and, and this is a parent.
parent saying to the child, you see, a lot of us, as we came up, we said, you know what, I'm going to have things, and I'm going to make it so my child never has to want or never has to work as hard or never has to go through as much as I went through. Now, I understand where you're coming from, but part of that, part of that they need to go through. To build character. To build strength of character. To build a sense of appreciation. And to eradicate this sense of entitlement as if something was owed to me. So notice what the parent says there. And, and, and instead of saying, I love you and I'm going to make life easy. No, I love you because I love you and I know what you're capable of. I'm going to make you work. And the God who loves us, Hebrews chapter 12 says he loves us more than anyone, even ourselves. Guess what? He loves us and guess what he does? He makes us work. He doesn't want any lazy children. He doesn't want any entitled children, spoiled children, self-centered children. He wants children who appreciate and share their appreciation with the world around them and draw other people to his blessings through their appreciation. Any parents ever caught themselves saying, I'm going to make it easy for you. If, you look, if you're trying to make it easy for the child, you're not really loving the child. you got to make them work. you got to make them work if you want them to appreciate something. Someone else will say it is easy when you are young to believe uh, that what you desire is no less than what you deserve. And to assume that if you want something badly enough, it is your God-given right to have it. That's false. Many young people have been raised to believe that. And you hear a lot of people what they deserve, and I deserve, and I deserve, and I deserve. If you haven't come to Christ Jesus, and you're still in your sin, all you deserve is death. And even those in the Lord who, who, who live with a sense of entitlement. And, and, and just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we don't sin and fall short. But if we follow in that sin, all we deserve is death. Because where God's grace and mercy is and his love is, guess what else is on the scene? His justice. And his justice says, you break my law, you die. But grace and mercy steps in. But we can't even recognize grace and mercy if we're always focused on what we deserve and assuming that because I want it bad enough, God ought to give it to me. And that's how at least it was misusing the scriptures. When it talks about, well, whatever you want, you know, uh, 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 you know, seek the first kingdom of God, all these things they have to you, or things where they say, you know what, uh, 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 give yourself over to God and he will give you the, 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 the desires of your heart. If God ever did that, he wouldn't be the loving father he is. Because everything we demand, everything we say we want is not good for us. And some of those things, and other things might be good for us, but we haven't gotten to a point in our mindset where we're prepared to let it be a benefit to us. And first, a benefit to the kingdom. So we got to think about that. Stop thinking just because you want something bad enough, you ought to have it. Huh? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, people going through hard times, you know what, you don't deserve this, you deserve better. You ever stop to think that maybe you're going through this hard situation because God is trying to get you to a place of better? But before he can get you to a place of better, he's got to get some of that entitlement and that spoiled behavior out of you so you can learn to appreciate what he's about to do? Yeah. We ought to learn to be to glorify in the things that, in the things we go through. Because he never said, just because you belong to me, you wasn't going to go through anything. No, he said, because you belong to me, you're going to go through everything with me. That's what Psalm uh, 23 means. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, matter of fact, it talks about before I even got to the battle, you were all through it. And he was preparing a way for you to get out. As soon as you get there, he's me already preparing for you to get out. But you gotta keep listening. So see, see, it's not about how badly I want something. It's about how it's about is has God approved it for me? Has God said it's beneficial? And if he says it's not beneficial, then I ought not worry about it. But you know it's poor folk to do. Why can't I have it? I ought to have it. I deserve to have it. And they keep scratching it. And like we talked about this morning in Bible class. Remember this morning? Talk about sometimes when cookies are high, you tell the child, if you want a cookie, come at it. But see, the problem is the child wants a cookie whenever they want a cookie. They don't want to have to ask nobody. So they go up there and try to get it themselves and fall on their hard head. They don't want to come crack. Don't want to see what you Because I told you how to get what you need. Huh? Also says, a sense of entitlement is a cancerous thought, a process that is void of gratitude and can be deadly to relationships, businesses, and even nations. Do you know how it can be cancerous? Because a sense of entitlement always says, me, 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 what about me? And nothing you do is ever really, there's no gratitude. You ought to do it. You should do it because of who I am. <coughs> I'm telling you, there's not a human on the face of the earth who has enough of nothing to take that kind of attitude. And should never be able to take that kind of attitude in your life. If they can't get that, they ought to let them go. Because it's going to destroy you. It's cancer. It's going to eat away at your heart, eat away at your soul. It's going to destroy the relationship. You know why? Because there's no reciprocity. Reciprocity works best when there's gratitude, when people appreciate. And guess what? A, a, a sub-point to this lesson? Thanks is more than just what we say. Thanks is more than just the word. Anybody can say thanks, but to show it and to live it is a whole other story to all Thanks is a verb, and it ought to be an action. An attitude of gratitude, graciousness always. But when you don't have graciousness, I'll tell you something. If you know somebody who doesn't have a great gratitude in their relationship with God, I promise you, they will not have gratitude or graciousness in their relationship with you. I guarantee you. Because you'll never be able to do as much for them as God has. Huh? And it destroys not just relationships, but businesses and even nations. Because guess what? Where there's this cancerous uh, where there's no gratitude, guess what? There's no service. There's no service. Hmm? Brother Earth, you know what I mean? When, they, when, they, when, they, when, they, when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you can't get no stew done. You can't even get the sauce. It'll be a secret sauce, all right. Because everybody will come in and put a little bit of what they think ought to be in it. And it's going to be a hot mess. You heard it said, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. We won't win a single war. Huh? you got to think about that. A sense of entitlement, it is cancerous. And see, when we replace the sense of service and gratitude with a sense of entitlement and expectation, we will quickly see the demise of relationships, society, and the country. Do you know? Does anybody see that? 
Now, when you know, no sense of service and everything. I can't truly love if I'm not willing to serve you. Huh? Well, I really, I can't, I can't truly love you if I'm not willing to serve you and do anything for you. If I can do it, I ought to be ready to do it. And guess what? When I do it, I don't expect a thing from you. I'm glad to do it. See, when we go get to that place, we've been turned up and we're glad to do something. And guess what? You want to see a person vulnerable? When they're doing something for you. It's a very vulnerable place. And it's not at that time where they need any of your side remarks, sarcasm, and cynicism. If you can't say thank you, then just shut your mouth. Because thank you isn't always in what you say. It's most importantly in what you do. Huh? Can you just take it from them and, and just be glad about it? Like I told you this morning, I've not been to a homeless shelter and been feeding the homeless where they came up and said, hey, 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 can I get a different plate? Can I get a different spoon? Can I get a different knife? Can I get some salt? Can I, get... I ain't never seen no homeless person do that. Because they're just glad to get a meal, man. Just glad to get a meal. What are we going to be just glad to get a meal? Huh? If you do something for me, I can care less than what you did for me. All I know is you did it for me. Some of us will mess it up trying to figure out who else it was done for and trying to devalue it. I don't care who else it was done for. All I know is you pushed pause on your life. You took a few minutes out of a life, the minutes you'll never get back. And you said, let me do this for this person. That's all that matters to me. I don't have enough courage to look you in the face and say it's not worth anything because I heard you did it for somebody. Because guess what? It can't be the exact same. You know why? What Jesus has done for each one of you, one general thing he's done for each one, he saved all our souls, right? And he's doing it one way according to his will. Now, how he works in your life is custom-made. That's why he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody has a custom-made solution. Now, when you're patient enough, let him do it. See? And, and, and see, let me show you something. This word, thanks. Verb means to throw. Also means to give thanks, to law, to praise. Human to human, you see an example with Judah and his brothers. They talk about how he had that dream that they were going to bow down to him one day. Then, then uh, uh, part of ritual worship to God in Isaiah 25, verse 1. You see the same word used. And also, in a rare case, it's part of repentance to God. When, people, when they came back and repented to God, they had to confess his name. <coughs> that means, Lord, I haven't just come back. You know, I haven't just come back. I've come to, to stay. I'm not leaving. Huh? <coughs> and those are these words that I'll read to you. If you have... Food in your fridge, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world. Hmm? But no, my brother and my sister, you got to nerve to complain about the clothes you got. How should they be? Oh, raggedy housing, raggedy clothing, raggedy car. Well, when you in your raggedy car and you pass the person on the side of the road who broke down, Thank God. Because your car might not be new, 
but it's new enough not to have you on the side of the road. Huh? Notice what else it says. If you have, if, if, if you have money in the bank, your wallet, and some spare change, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealth. I say again, stop talking about, listen, unless you ain't got a single solitary dime, no way. Stop talking about you broke. Because oftentimes all that means is I don't have as much money as I'd like to have. But because you're greedy and covetous, you ain't never going to have enough money. God can drop a billion on you right now and you still don't want that woman. Can I get that one, one billion one? I'm just saying. That way I spend a dollar and I still got a cool bill. You don't think we do that? You don't think we do that? Can't be glad. That's a billion dollars, boy. Huh? I'm telling you, I don't care if you got 99 cents in the bank. Huh? 99 cents in the bank, right? And 50 cents in your wallet. And 20 in your pocket. You still are on the 8 percent. If you woke up this morning with your health, with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the million people who will not survive this week. It's a million people this week that's going to die. And by virtue of the fact you woke up with more health, yeah, you got some aches. Man, that's just called age. Who told you you're going to get old without some aches? Especially if you think about what you were doing with it when, it, when you was young. You ran it to death. You kicked it, kicked it, kicked it. And it don't even work no more. You wore yourself out. So then how do you sit there and be like, I got these things. Some of them you earned them. Do some of you had no business. Huh? And then, and then look at this. And it says here, if you have never experienced the danger of battle and the agony of imprisonment, torture, or, or, or horrible uh, uh, things of that nature, you are luckier than 500 million people alive and suffering. If you ain't been to nobody's war in nobody's prison, I'm trying to get you to understand something. Talk to Brother Broomfield. You know how many wars he's lived through? Huh? All my children, if you know your history, he was born in 1917. Well, prior to that. So if he was born around 1917 in there somewhere, think how many wars he's lived through. And was a Tuskegee Airman. Think about all he's been through. He's seen something. You better thank God you never have to see. And then he turned his head, the next time he looked back, the man's head was blown all over the ground. You don't know nothing about struggling, you ought to be glad you ain't never had to see that. But how often do we think about that when we complain? Huh? Now think about that. And then it says, if you can read this message, and I know I got a lot of people making that ugly face win. Oh. Lost my stuff. But if you can read that page, read that message, you are more fortunate than, than and as it says here, you're more fortunate than 3 billion people in the world who can't read it at all. 
Did you know that? Did you know that? Huh? Thankfulness is what it says. Gratitude is deeper than thanks. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. Thankfulness may consist merely of words. Gratitude is shown in acts. <coughs> what you want? You want some words? Or you want somebody's action? When we come to the Lord and God cleanses us of our sins, you know how we best show him thanks? By not getting dirty again. In the same way. Don't go bottle in the same mud hole. Does that make sense to anybody? So, so, so when Jesus said, where are the nine? I need you to understand something about the nine. The nine, these were Samaritans, meaning they were treated like dogs by the Jews. The Jews, they lifted themselves above the nine. The nine were Samaritans. They were a mixed breed. They were mutts. And the Jews treated them like dogs. And see, when Jesus came through, they wouldn't even get close to him. I need you to understand something. Don't you remember when the tax collector and the Pharisee went down to the temple? And the Pharisee came up there with his chest big, talking about, thank God I'm not like this lowly, no good man. I give, I do this, I do that. But then the, the publican, he wouldn't even come close. He said, Lord, I can't even approach it. I look at the ground. If you can find somewhere in your heart to find this a little ground for me, I'm more than a the Samaritans, they wouldn't, you know what? They wouldn't even run up on Jesus. They lifted their voice from afar. Is that what your Bible said? And they called, they said, Lord, notice what they said. They said, they didn't say, Lord, feed me. They didn't say, Lord, Lord, pay me. They didn't say, Lord, clothe me. They didn't say, Lord, do anything. They didn't say, Lord, have mercy on me. And you know what that means? There's trust in that. There's faith in that. That means whatever is in your mercy, that's what I need. Mean. Huh? And he said, I'll do it. So they all, and, then, and then they all get what they need. But what happens, y'all? He said, now go. Now they jump up and go. Some of them get so focused on going, 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 and telling everybody, and lifting them to, I'm clean, I'm clean, I know I was dirty. You know what we tend to do? When we got that leprosy on us, right? As soon as God wipes the leprosy out, some of us want to make up a lost time. <coughs> all them folks I couldn't get close to because I had leprosy, I got to go get close. All the people who wouldn't talk to me when I had leprosy, I got to go talk to them. All the places I couldn't go because I had leprosy, I got to go. But who have you forgotten? The man who set you free. Only one said, let me go back to Jesus and thank him for what he did. Does it make sense to anybody? Now this is allowing me to couple those. I'm going to end this lesson early, actually. Uh, should should be expressed. Thanks should be expressed for how detailed the Lord is, even when we aren't. How He remembers, even when we don't. How He cares for us, even when we are too busy to care back. How He inspires us with the smallest things, even when we feel uninspired. How great our Lord is, even though I am the least of these. His great love, even though my love can't compare. His perfect plan, even though it's painful sometimes. His reminders, his examples from his word, even though we neglect it more than we should. His thought and his concern to give me the greatest friends ever, even though I fall really short all too often. His perfect love, even though I am a picture of imperfection. His never-ending light, even though darkness surrounds me. His joy that strengthens me, even when I feel I can't continue. See how he delights in me, even though he knows 
uh, even though he knows the worst about me. His amazing grace, even though I don't deserve it all. None of it, really. His renewing mercies every day, even when I try to go it alone. His abundant blessings, even though sometimes I grumble because I don't have more. His limitless knowledge, even when I don't understand. I have far more to be thankful for than I have to complain about. Huh? You want to know how you end up getting taken for granted? You take somebody for granted when you stop having gratitude, when you stop being thankful, when you stop, when you start focusing more on their inconsistencies than, than your own. You always start with yours, which will give you the proper attitude and way to help them deal with things. You ever know somebody who, no matter what it is, they're all talking about, is your fault? <coughs> Even when they're playing, it's your fault. Really? Like, I'm always guilty. I'm, I'm always guilty. But I'm here. I'm guilty. I'm asleep, but I'm guilty. I'm sorry, I'm telling you about my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Thankful. Thankful is aware and appreciative of benefit, grateful, is an expression of gratitude of thankful time. Guess what? You can't think of saying, why don't you smile? Some of us have some, I tell you, some of you have some of the most beautiful smiles I've ever seen. But you waste it frowning because you're finding something to complain about. Mm -hmm. You're busy griping, just griping and complaining. Can't even see that beautiful smile. And then some of us get to the point where we want to, when we know people like our smiles, well, guess what? We hold it hostage. <laughs> you want to see TV? <laughs> Who are you? They have me jumping through hoops. One who I jump through. Jesus Christ. Don't want to smile? Don't. And when your teeth fall out, it's your fault. <laughs> what you going to do when you have no more teeth to use? That's okay. Oh, you want to get that real? That's real, yeah. Your mouth is going to ball in the front. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all want to hold a smile. You ever see people hold a smile hostage? Um, we just have to talk, talk to my mom about that. You know this song, all those that go, Sarah smile. Oh, my God. Now, 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 I'm going to tell you, when my mother smiles now, that's a beam of sun that you can see a mile away. Them high cheekbones, the way it shines, is true, sincere, and it's warm when she smiles. But we had to get it to the point where she stopped going to sleep around. We had to be busting to some folks. Stop. That's what I'm talking about. Now. I don't want to be today. <laughs> you know, when you want to get the frown off your face, when you open your eyes, say, I'm glad. Let me wake up today. Came my mouth and I ball this time. What should I be thankful to God for? I should thank Him. You want to see the first example of giving grace before you eat? Right here. And Jesus took the loaves, and when He had paid, given thanks, He distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples uh, to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, He said to the disciples, "Gather up the fragments, so that nothing is lost." John 6: 11 through 23. Let me show you something. When you thank God, right? Not only will he bless, see, when God bless, he blesses in abundance. Huh? Some of us, all we do is scratching and clawing so we can get something for the moment. 
But if you thank God, he won't only give for a moment, he'll give you extra. He'll make sure, God will make sure that you are full. Remember when we studied Ecclesiastes chapter 3? When you're in the world, see, the world always leaves you wanting more. It's always not quite right. When you're in the world, you simply just can't get right. Huh? Can't get right. But in Jesus, he'll make sure you got extra. And then, you know what? You ought to thank God for wisdom. Bible says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. I thank you and praise you, O God, of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what I ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's demands. That's Daniel, who is thanking God for giving him the ability to interpret what, to do what nobody else in the kingdom could do, which was interpret the king's dream. Because when he was calling them, when he was calling them in and they couldn't tell them what, he knew what the king did, killed them on the spot. Don't you know that God has given you certain gifts? And the reason why you hold the position you hold at work or wherever you are is because of what he put in you. That's why you got to teach the children to not put so much faith. Yes, you better get decent grades. You, you got to get good grades to, show, to glorify God. Amen. But your grades don't make you. Just because you're a straight-A student doesn't make you a good person. I've told you, I've seen straight-A students who are some of the nastiest, disrespectful children I've ever seen. Because somebody taught him, as long as you got A's on the outside, it doesn't matter how you are on the inside. Oh. And you set up for a rude awakening. Huh? Or, 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 or the two who were told, because you're cute, you'll make it through. You're never that cute. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. And for every cute, it can be somebody cute. And one thing that's absolutely never cute is ingratitude. Selfishness. Disrespect is never cute. There's nothing cute about it. And I know how you know, and y'all know how I love children. I love the babies. I love them to death. But I won't tolerate, I will never abide any of them being disrespectful. Why? Because that same disrespect is going to hurt them in the long run. And I couldn't stand it if I had something to do with it. And then, and so, so you tell them, you only got the A's, baby, because God allowed it. God put you in that school. But here's what you understand. Even if you can't get in the very best school in the school system, as long as you got God, God will make sure you get everything you can out of that The knowledge they deny you, he'll reach out and get it and make sure you plant. That's why you can grow wherever you plant Converse. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention to you in our prayers. I thank God for Brother Arisen. And for the reason we also thank God without ceasing because, notice what it says, thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of, of, of God. So that's, that's my, my mistake. Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. I thank you, Brother Arisen. Why do I thank, why do I pray for you? I pray for you because, see, it means something when you let the word of God dwell richly in you, as it says in Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, 16. When you let the word dwell richly in you, you make our relationship so much better. And whether you're saying something or not, just seeing you or seeing that, feeling the thankfulness and gratitude in your life, it does something for me. And it reminds me of something. And I pray I can remind you of something. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What? Uh, 
So converts, we don't bring converts. God draws converts to himself. He uses us to facilitate the path, but he draws them. And they respond to his word. Don't come talking about who you done brought and what you done. You turn that attitude around and go right back to the street. Because you've made your sacrifice until you gave pain. God did it. You didn't do anything. you got to understand that. Teach the children. Who does that? Who thanks God for everything? Who thanks God all the time? Who thanks God? Who, who prays and says thank God after they eat? You know, we sit down and say, oh, I just want to give thanks. Then we eat the food and everybody's too busy on buckling belts and play. Huh? Sometimes you ought to thank God, thank God that I ate that whole meal and I'm going to fall over dead with BSSP. <laughs> or that there was no poison in it this time. Huh? Hi, whoever said thank you, Lord, you know why? Because we're too busy, you know, we're too busy doing all the table. We're like, okay, we're going to take this. We're going to do it. You know, we want to be able to overcook. And the cornbread could have been a little more moist. I mean, I have had better. <laughs> I wasn't too sure about that chicken. It seemed a little confusing. I like my chicken fried hard. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like it was a little pink in there or something. But her, you know about it. You know about it. Huh? Oh my God, something's here. I've done it before. Sit at the table. He, let's give it back then. You get it back, how about you just leave? <laughs> You ain't got to eat nothing. You ain't never got to eat nothing. Just go home. <coughs> Some of us can't say thank you after the meal. We do it. You know, that was salty, though. <laughs> you know what I cook mine? Is, you didn't cook yours. <laughs> it's too lazy to cook yours. You didn't bring nothing. But an empty stomach and a white mouth. So now that you're full, hush. And be glad somebody fed you and your nasty attitude. Well, uh, can I get just one? Can I get just one? Uh, does that make sense to anybody? No, it looks this man. See this man? He running back. Amen. I got to get back. I got to get back and tell him. I got to, and we studied this before. You know what this means? Because you know Jesus was never in the same place all the time, right? Very rarely. So that meant Jesus was moving around. You know what this boy was doing? He was diligently seeking him. Hebrews 11, 6 says, God, well, our faith is impossible to please him. But those who seek him must believe that he's a word of those who So everywhere he went, he says, for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus. But wasn't you one of the ones that he healed? What you need to see him? Because I got to thank him. Where he at? And the more you're chasing after God to thank him, the less time you got to thank yourself or anybody else. They didn't do it. He did it. Huh? You want to keep your mind right? Keep seeking Jesus. Keep trying to thank. Imagine if you spent every day thanking Jesus for every single thing he did. You wouldn't have time to be nothing fool. There's two types of people. You got the Samaritans, the low-down dogs. They were humble in heart. They're going to always seek to, to say thank you to Jesus. And the upright and righteous. I know the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and, just, and, and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. 
The other nine, they wasn't wholeheartedly thankful for what he did. But that one was. Huh? I need you to understand that. Why? Why? Lord, what is man that you, you take knowledge of him? Or son of man, that you are mindful of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like passing shadow. Why should I thank God? Because the devil is Find no other reason. No other reason. He saved you when he wasn't trying to save yourself. And he reached in with nobody, none of your other so called friends were reaching in. He dealt with your nastiness. He dealt with your disrespect. He dealt with all that. He reached into the muck in the mighty clay, picked you up, brushed you off. Held you to his bosom like the shepherd was when one of the sheep was gone, he had to find him. Held you to his bosom, brought you back, and set your feet on side. <laughs> and it was not because of anything. You didn't help him. Because he didn't have to do it. But he did it. Why? Because he loved you so much. Where are the other nine? The other nine are still in the world. The other nine are still lifting themselves up, glorifying what they think they did to get clean. The other nine, you want to know some people who are ungrateful? Adam and Eve were ungrateful. Cain was ungrateful. Huh? Naaman was ungrateful. Because he was given the formula of how to get clean. He said, dip it in Jordan seven times. I ain't about to go out that dirty water. What David didn't understand is in his sinful condition, he was dirty into that water to have a Somebody want to show some gratitude this morning? Jesus, then come on back to Jesus. Return thanks to him. Give your life to him. By hearing the word of God, hearing the word of God, believing what he said, confessing of your past sins, repenting of your past sins, confessing Jesus is your Lord, and doing exactly what he says. Come lay down with me in the water we're ready for baptism. Let me wash all your sins away. Let me put my Holy Spirit in you. Praise the walking in this life and be added to my body, which is my church. The only way you can be saved. There's no man-made stuff in my church, because in my church, if it's man-made, we reject it, because man-made stuff will cause you to lose your soul. You want to become a true Christian? Then come on down and give your life to Jesus today. Be baptized. There is no sinner's prayer. There is no moment of bench. I got to tell you the stuff that Posey won't tell you. I got to tell you the stuff that Clark won't tell you. I gotta tell I, I, I gotta tell you this stuff. See, Dexter Wise won't tell you. I gotta tell you what they won't say and rape. I gotta let you know. I got to, or I'm gonna lose my soul if I don't tell you what Forbes won't say. I've got to tell you that Jesus is calling the day. And he wants to save your soul and make you better than you've ever been. Man. I've got to tell you what they won't say at the apostolic temple. Me, and I ain't nobody. Nobody but a pile of flesh, but I got to tell you what they won't say at New Covenant. What they won't say. What they won't say at New Salem. Mm. New birth. I got to tell you, because the Bible said it. And, 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 and I'm so sorry if it offends you. But I was there when he saved my soul.
And I've seen him save many. And everything he said is in his book. It keeps making my life right. So no matter what you do to me, I still got to speak it. Put me in hell in my life. Take my family. Do what you want to do. Put me between you and Jesus if you want to. Jesus will win every time. Because he's meant more to my soul than any more man. Amen. Amen. Come to Jesus today. Don't leave here the same way. He loves you. Let him make you right. Christians, stop being so stop being so ungracious. Stop being so disrespectful. You know, you know how hard it is to do something to somebody who's disrespectful? But Jesus said this. Listen, listen. In Luke chapter 6 and 32 and 34, he says, what is it if you love those who love you? What is it if you do good to those who do good to you? What is it? It's nothing. Because sinners do that. We got to learn to be what Jesus would have us to be, and not in an arrogant way, in a gracious way. Because he loved me so. I need to love you. And love you his way. Does that make sense? So next time you give something to me, man, I'm going to just be mad about it. And you won't hear me say nothing against it. Because I'm just glad you chose to do